0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki, and welcome from wherever you are in the world listening to this episode. I'm very excited to have my guest today on the show, Peter Hook, who's the General Manager at Bosch, otherwise known as BAMS, Bosch Australia Manufacturing Solutions. So Peter, welcome and thanks so much for joining me.
1: Uh, You're welcome. Thanks very much.
0: Peter you're really the type of manager everyone hopes to get you have progressed from the coal face to the boardroom tell us a bit about your journey please
1: well I'm not sure about the first statement about whether <laughs> everybody wants to work for that type of manager <laughs> um it's a uh, really simple story I it's and um I started off in literally at the coal face and in coal industry um as a as a sparky as an electrician and then moved through electronics and then into management um, and that luckily took me around the world as well so um the desire was always to get to a management role within a, a full manufacturing business and yeah that's what we that's what I've done over the last many years so
0: yeah look I think just from people working for you that you've got an understanding of of all industries when you when you're actually giving instructions and talk it's not that they can say well you don't actually know what you're talking about because you haven't been there because you can actually say yes I have been there. I've actually worked in that position
1: yeah, it's it's it, look. It is interesting to have had formal training in 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 trades and formal training in management, and and so it yeah it gives me a, a breadth which um, it makes it interesting from my my direct reports' point of view because you can we can float up and down between the high level strategic stuff and also the the hands on detail when it's required. So yeah, so it's
0: a bit
1: you- it's a bit unusual, but I I definitely recommend it. So.
0: Oh, definitely yes. Yeah. So that's why I say um, I think you you like you're the ideal manager to have out there because you can say actually I don't want to dive into the nitty gritty, but I can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you mentioned you worked in the Middle East, uh, Asia, Europe, and North America. It's quite a journey. What were your lessons learned along the way?
1: Look, the it was it was interesting that um, one one of the, the messages that I got wherever I went um, some sage person in that location to help me out some mentors decided to sit me down and said this is not like anywhere else everything is about relationships and it's it's uh I had the same conversation in Asia I had the same conversation in Europe I had the same conversation in places I met in the US so it's it's like it must be right right so the relationship thing must be key um the other thing was that's probably uh you know one of the main lessons was that that cultures are different but people are the same. So wherever I worked there was cultures, there were things that were done differently. You know, even even in the UK, you'd think that the UK and Australia would be very similar, but there's cultural differences between those two locations. You speak the same language, you do everything. Most things is the same, but there are cultural differences. But at the end of the day people are people and they, they usually have the same motivations, you know, they're, they're, they're looking out for their family, they're supporting their family, they, they have, you know, all in all have a desire to do things well and, and be respected and regarded well in their role. So very similar.
0: Listen, that's the best advice you can give anyone or the best lessons. I um, I spoke to Pat Boland, um the founder of Anchor, the other day, and he came back to exactly that. He said, it's just about your people. You can have all the technology. You can do anything you like. But if you haven't got the people, you've got nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely true.
0: So speaking of people, um, and just from uh, Bosch's point of view, how do you invest in the people, your staff?
1: Well, Bosch is an unusual organisation, and I've said this in a a couple of other conversations like this before. Is that um, when you when you first, well, when I first joined Bosch, I joined on a three month contract and expecting it to be a really really awful three month contract, um, mainly because it was another big multinational and I wasn't interested. That much in being there, but it was it was an interesting job, so why not? Let's have a go. Um, but when you get within Bosch, you notice it's totally different. Um, yes, it's got four hundred thousand employees, but it's it is actually a nice place to work. Um, it's it's incredibly ethical, and the and the way it looks after its people is um, is amazing. I there's there's um, I mean, I've literally just signed off. This morning, a a thirty-year service award letter. Um, There was in the same week last week. uh, There was one of that person's reports that had a twenty-five year um, years of service in the business. Um, And the I asked I asked the thirty-year service uh, guy. I said, "So, what? Is there any regrets? I mean, thirty years is a long time to work for a company." And he said, "Well, no, not really." He said. The place is a nice place to work. There are nice people, and the company looks after you. So it's it's really hard to put a finger on what it does, um, but it it hires it, it holds people in in high regard, and it does look after its people. So.
0: Well, it's obviously doing something right with a 30-year um, track history of an employee. And again, getting back to people, if you've got a higher turnover style from people that you're actually, um, you're training and then before you, you've just got them to a point where you think, okay, like you, you've got it. And then they go, well, someone's offered them $20 more. I, I always mm-hmm. say they leave the managers. They don't leave the organizations. It's it's, it's, it's in the managers that people have problems.
1: Yeah, absolutely True. Yeah. absolutely true so yeah it's look it's a combination of a whole lot of things um, the it certainly is cares about its workforce and uh, we you know we put things in place to encourage it to be you know encourage people to work together and, and there's a culture I mean it's it's um, look I, it's really hard to put my finger on what it is but it, it is yeah. it's, it is it is it all comes down to the people the people that you're working with your peers um, the people in your team Um it, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a nice place.
0: I'm delighted. Talk to us a little bit about BAMS and what you really excel at.
1: So BAMS is an interesting entity. So we, um, Bosch has a lot of manufacturing sites around the world and each one of those manufacturing sites has a department which is called Technical Functions and Technical Functions Basically, help help those manufacturing sites run and uh, install equipment, design equipment to to manufacture. When ma- when the majority of the automotive manufacturing was moved offshore um, about about five six years ago, um, the decision was made to keep BAMS uh, or keep TEF uh, or the technical functions business and provide those services to uh, entities outside of Bosch, and that's where Bosch Australia Manufacturing Solutions comes from. So what we do is we leverage on our manufacturing experience, you know, the, the m- large number of plants that we have around the world um, and the many, many different processes that are operated in those, um, things like new product development, uh, you know, new, new product introduction um, and how that affects the manufacturing, how the manufacturing is going to wrap around that. So we build everything from machines that help manufacture like uh, different cells that op- operate within a manufacturing line through to full manufacturing lines um, predominantly where we excel is is really helping manufacturers because it's 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 in our dna uh, we understand how to manufacture it so we can help others do it um, we are very good at providing highly technical uh, automation and robotic systems but we're also good at knowing what's right for the customer so we don't go and put a very complicated automation system into a customer that's never had automation before, for example, because it's, it's too big a step. Um, there's always exceptions to those rules, of course, so it depends on the customer. But it's, <laughs> it's a, um, yeah, so in, in terms of what we do, it's, it's really excelling and working with many different types of companies but helping people manufacture.
0: So I was uh, very fortunate to have a tour of your um, facility. And I have to admit that I've been driving up and down past your offices for many years, wondering what on earth goes on behind there. And Paul Geckers very graciously gave me um, a really uh, good tour and understanding of what's going on. And of course, he mentioned collaboration with startups, which is a little bit more of a focus now there. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's, look, it's something that's just come out of, um, I don't think we d- deliberately went down that path to collaborate with with startups, but it's something that's that has just happened. We have a uh, a lot of skills that benefit um, a startup organisation. So, being able to take you know a lot, a lot of the startups that come and work with us have a product. They might have a prototype, um, but what they need to do is take that to to a manufacturer, you know, a, a volume manufacturer of um, situation, so we we're good at that, um, and so there's a natural fit there. Um, the I, it's advantage we to the startups as well that we're pretty well connected in terms of what is out there in terms of or in terms of. Um, uh, capital where uh, access to capital not not that we invest in those organizations but we know we know people that would or organizations that would we also are fairly well connected to the grant schemes and um, we're able to point people in the right direction to the various entities there but we also um, uh, because of our capability and and their ability to manufacture it also assists those organizations to usually assist those organizations to get grants because they people feel comfortable with us being there as an assisting partner. So
0: yeah, I'm just picking up, sorry, that you that's not an intended like an intentional path, but I'm so happy because I think for part of the startups, it's it's either connections. They don't know, they don't know what's out there. And it takes an enormous amount of time investigating and actually going, what grants out there? And you guys are you experts at this.
1: Yeah, it's it, look. That's not a key part of it. It's just one of the elements. of yeah. it. I mean, it, it's you know the, that is one element of. It. I think the, what we bring in some uh, to, to to a number of these startups is is stability. Um, you know, Bosch is a big entity, so we we're yeah. slow moving, um, and a startup at the other end of the spectrum is pivoting every day and a half. Um, so we we bring some stability in terms of the of what they need to put in place if they really are serious about getting to a, 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 a volume manufactured product. Uh, and so it's, I think there's we've become a sounding board in some extent to, um, to those management teams to to get them to that
0: level. Oh, definitely. And you've got a wealth of experience, whether it's yourself or someone like Paul Gekas or anyone else in your plants working there. You're experts at what you do.
1: Mm, correct.
0: COVID, the dreaded COVID. How have you navigated through this? Uh, what lessons, insights have you had from this period?
1: We've done pretty well through COVID. Um, I'd like to say it was all good management, but uh, I think we're to some extent we've been lucky. So we've had um, the, the manufacturing operations or our manufacturing operations have been running through that whole period um, with a good chunk of people uh, engineering and other support services operating from home—that's uh, been a challenge in itself. There's a number of people that are that are quite happy working from home. There, there's also um, a whole lot of people that really can't stand it, um, and and so it's been a balancing act of of trying to maintain the mental health of those people that can't stand it, um, and getting through that process. We've also treated the um, treated the situation very seriously. And that sounds a bit strange. I mean, I'm sure everybody's treated it very seriously, but we were trying to plan of what, what what was what, what, what might happen as a result of an infection on our site and mm-hmm. do, do what we can to um, isolate teams from other teams within the organisation. Um, and we've been relatively successful with that. Uh, we have had a couple of cases... Before Omicron, we had a couple of cases on site which were very well maintained, uh, contained. And then after that, um, we you know, the, in the, this, la- this last six weeks, month, six weeks, there's so many cases, people with posit- testing positive in our team, people in direct close contact. So that's, that's been a challenge in, um, in the number of people that have been affected by that and the reduced workforce that we've had as a result. But still, it's still less than, uh, still considerably less than 10% of our workforce out of action. So that's pretty good. Um, the In terms of, uh, you know, the other challenges that we've had is has been our suppliers, you know, timelines blowing out, um, chip shortages is just is now starting to really bear down on us now. Yeah. Um, you know, deliveries that should have been six weeks and now eight months. Um so it's it's a challenge, um, but I think I don't think we could have particularly uh, managed it or handled it any any way other than the way we have, uh, and, and like I said, we've we've got through this in a in a fairly good shape as a result.
0: Look, I think I always I talk to companies such as yours that people have given the same message that they they think they've got through it okay, and I I think it's your starting point was was good if your starting point wasn't good then you'll you'll be in a different situation also whether it's it's from a supplier point of view or your people that you're managing the trust that you built up over x amount of years like all these factors come into play and when you see companies are falling apart then these are the issues that are actually just um they just come to the fore
1: yeah absolutely look I, i the other thing we should say is that um we've got through it quite well so far
0: yeah well, it's, listen, it's not look, yet. <laughs> all predictions are like we're nearly at the end of the omicron and you know, like all systems oh, yeah. got look, I've yeah, heard
1: that before, I think.
0: Yeah, no, we have, and we'll probably no doubt tomorrow there'll be some other prediction out there. Um, but I do think it's it's put an interesting spin on, as you said, it's a mental well-being aspect. Some people like working from home. Um, some people absolutely, absolutely detest it. So Going forward for Bosch is is there some flexibility in people being able to work from home or is this a how do you handle this
1: look there's it there's flexibility and I think it's provided look, Bosch has always had a flexible workplace mm. uh, anyway yeah um, and you know if people need to work home for certain reasons etc then you know they can go th- we can go through that on a case-by-case yeah. basis I think um, there's for my team you know a good chunk of my team's it's very difficult to build a machine from home. So yeah. you actually have to be in, you have to be yeah. in the workplace. Um, and so there's a good chunk that, you know, there's still the same sort of working conditions that we have before. But there are things like, um, you know, like I said, the admin and support staff that that may revert to I don't know, 80% of the office or 60% yeah. of the office, it depends on how it all sort of pans out. Yeah. But at this stage, at this stage, we've planned, look, we've had, I think we've, I think we're up to um, number two, we had two return to work exercises that yeah. almost start, almost worked. And then we go into lockdown just as we we're about to implement it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, there's, I think there'll be, there'll definitely be another one. And I think we're starting to look at that now, but it does depend on what happens in the next month or so.
0: So you have a great apprenticeship program. How competitive is it to get into and what advice can you give to students uh, hoping to work for you?
1: Look, it's, uh, we have, uh, pretty, it's pretty competitive in that we only had a couple of apprenticeships last year. We've had more in, in the past. And it, it's not only just my area in Bosch, but also the Dyads Manufacturing also has a couple of apprentices as well. Uh, it's competitive, like I said, because it's not very high numbers but um, look the advice is really to people applying to be an apprentices they have to just just show passion show a, show a desire and interest to do the thing show initiative that you want to be involved um, and i think that usually shines through in the in the uh, selection process
0: i was going to ask you um how you retain your talent because the industry is pretty competitive and paul was mentioning to me you know even if you do have apprentices coming through some do actually decide to go other places just for some other experience um if there's someone that you particularly earmarkers you know you think this is absolutely a huge talent w- what do you do with these kids
1: well look there's an encouragement i, I don't we don't Tend to do it that way in terms of identifying an individual that's of oh, high talent. We, we the the um, the opportunities are open to, open to all people that are there. So I look the the in terms of retention of talent, um, to me the biggest thing that we can do is make it a nice place to work, mm. um, and and the way we do that is 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 do the right things for our people and encourage people to do nice things for others. And so it's it's a, a we also need to keep keep what we're doing interesting. So providing interesting opportunities and the work that we do has been continually interesting. Um, we have a lot of diversity. So I think that's all we can do. I mean, people will leave. Um, we haven't had a lot of people leave, but we you do get people leaving to to explore other things. Um, The other thing that's interesting about Bosch though is there's a lot of people that have done that and come back.
0: Yeah, Um, I am about to say, what's the return rate?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so even in my team, I've got a number of people that have um, used to work for Bosch, went away, and now come back and work in our team. So there's, um, look, I think think it's interesting to get, it's good for people to get interesting experience. Yeah. but the, the, from a retention point of view, it's, it's provide interesting work and make the place a nice place to work.
0: So you as a manager probably would say to someone leaving, listen, it's great. Go and have your little sabbatical away from Bosch. I will welcome you back again in a year and, you know, just make a note of this.
1: Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. Look, it, it, it isn't a big thing. We don't have a lot of people doing it. Um, yeah. Or certainly my team, we don't have a lot of people leaving. No. We, I think, I actually can't, I can't think what the numbers are. There's maybe two or three people that have left us in the last year, but in the same time, we recruited about 50. So
0: yeah,
1: so, right. um, it's not a very high turnover. Right?
0: So we've got an impending tech uh, skills shortage crisis looming in Australia. Have you got any opinions on how to mitigate this? And I mean, it's going to affect Bosch surely at some point or another.
1: Look, I think, I, I think it's very similar to the last question. So um we there's not a lot we can do about it. it I think it's going to happen i think I think you're absolutely right um there is this tech skill shortage is real and it's going to happen um the from our perspective it's it really is just do interesting stuff and make the place a nice place to work and um hopefully people won't move on and do other things yeah. um and and that's i think that's i think that's where it is we in terms of um we've had a challenging year growing so much that we did in the last year or so getting, um, talent, uh, mm-hmm. and inevitably that that talent has come from a number of other companies doing similar sort of things that we're doing, um, which is disappointing for them, but I'm glad that they came to us. Yeah. So, but that's it, it, the reality is, um, uh, I don't think there's much we can do about it. Certainly in the short term to, yeah. to, to attract that uh, anything other than what we we're already doing. So the last two years have been crazy because of COVID, and we haven't been able to do the things. Thing, but and th- this is not just my team. This is Bosch Australia does yeah. some really good stuff for um, for STEM and promoting yeah. STEM. Um, so one one of those things is um, uh, schools at Bosch. Um, we like I said COVID, we haven't been able to. But yeah. one of those is that. Um, we've been bringing Year Six kids in from many, many schools over uh, over Victoria, and, and some from yeah. other states, but mostly from Victoria, um, to uh, come and experience what it's like right to be, uh, you know, in, at in an organisation like Bosch. And we we do, uh, you know, they spend a half an hour, uh, half a day there. But then they go around and look at you know the autonomous driving engineering yeah. and the, um, you know our robotics section and um, they we do coding workshops and and all sorts of stuff like that for for these these kids and, and they love it and the only reason I say we only do it for a number of schools is because we physically can't take any more every yeah. Friday has been booked out for the for the entire was booked out for the entire year COVID. Um, killed that a little bit yeah but it'll restart as soon as we're able to bring people back on site Um, we've been hosting um formula one schools um finals and and a number of other opportunities lots of students that we bring into the organization so there's uh and where we can we we promote um the 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 stem yeah in in in, uh, where we can
0: I host the Melbourne Robotics Meetup Groups and I've also got a visit that's, um, it'll be early March that I'm bringing a group of people through to to come and, and see what you're doing at Bosch. So I think the work that you're doing is enormously important, as you've just mentioned, so that people can actually see and um, they can get a firsthand experience of what it's like working on the floor, what they can expect. And they can actually, you know, they can start visualizing themselves going, well, if I did A, B and C, that's where I'm going to end up. And that's that's really important. And if, if companies don't have these sort of initiatives, you know, you're not going to get the kids coming through because they don't actually know where's the career path of where they're going to end up.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So look, we're doing everything we can. Um, it'd be, I have to say, when we uh, when we're recruiting people, when we're recruiting engineers, it'd be really good to see more girls yeah. apply. You know, we don't, we we try all the time um, to encourage that. You know, a mix of of, of people, a, a mix of male and female applying for those roles. But in reality, we get very small. So it'd be good to see you know that happen, and hopefully, this is what we're doing with the Year Sixes. Um, might flow through into the engineering
0: um, Look, I, in,
1: in another six years or so.
0: I think you've touched on something that a lot of people are trying to address: is the the imbalance in um, the gender in in STEM fields. And uh, my advice, and I anyone I talked on the podcast, my message out there is to um, the female listeners keep your options open and have some STEM subjects. Don't, don't make too many definitive decisions. I mean, you can obviously in school, after school, go and take up STEM subjects, but why make your life difficult from the get-go? Mm. You know, to keep your options open because what you think now could change in five years' time and then you've made some limiting decisions for yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So if, if, if any of our audience have girls, daughters... Keep at least maths. You don't have to get a distinction; just pass it at year twelve. But at least keep maths as a subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any advice for people considering a career in manufacturing?
1: Look, generally, no, not not any advice as such. But the, the manufacturing is an interesting place to be now. Um, it it used to be looked down a bit. Uh, you know, oh, you've you've ended up in manufacturing. Oh, that's that's a fail. Um, what's what's manufacturing is a really exciting time and lots of change at the moment so a lot of the you know the the dreary and dangerous and dirty jobs are disappearing and there's a lot more robotics and automation and and those types of things coming into manufacturing so there's a lot more IT skills there's a lot more programming there's 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 some really interesting opportunities and so the time to be in manufacturing is now so yeah, yeah that um- would be my only comment
0: i think so i couldn't agree with you more and it's just in um just the general tech field i think the amount of jobs that we need to create to or the staff um, that we need to get in it's enormous to support our growing tech industry absolutely yeah yeah so peter i'm mindful of your time any closing thoughts or advice that you'd like to leave the audience with
1: look I, i i don't have any uh general general comments i I really appreciate the time in in having this conversation with you Uh, and hopefully we can get some more people interested in robotics and automation and and in manufacturing and because that is what we're going to need like you said skill shortages and with more people we get involved the the more fun it's going to be
0: thank you so much if anyone uh, would like to contact you uh, could i have you got a preferred email address
1: um, probably the best is just track me down on LinkedIn. So look for okay. Bosch Manufacturing Solutions or Bosch Australia Manufacturing Solutions on LinkedIn and you'll find my name there. So that will be the Perfect. easiest
0: way. Perfect. Peter, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And uh, to our audience out there, thank you for joining us for another episode of Let's Talk Robotics and look forward to your company next week.
1: <laughs> right. Sounds good. Thank you.